It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Cincy 360 about Cincinnati from Cincinnati on ESPN. In 1530. Here's James Rapine and Mo Egger. High noon in the Queen City of Cincinnati. Chick Ludwig, welcome to the Monday edition of Cincy 360 on the home of the Bengals, Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. And we're coming out of the gate strong today, talking Bengals football. If the Bengals beat at the Cincinnati Enquirer as a two-headed monster, I've got one half joining us right now. And if you guys were married, Paul Daner Jr. and Jim Ozarski, I'd call Jim Ozarski the better half. Jim, how are you today, stud? <laughs> I'm good, Chick. Thanks for having me. Oh, beautiful. Uh, today, it looks like the, uh, the rookies are reporting to Paul Brown Stadium. And then Tuesday is the, uh, the, the pre-training camp luncheon, and we all call it the, uh, the turtle soup luncheon. And then Thursday, things get going. Uh, man, are you ready? Yeah, we have to be, right? It's, uh, it always seems that that little break after the, the final mandatory minicamp and the start of training camp goes by fast. But, you know, um, I, I, I'd have to – well, I think there should be some optimism if you're a Bengals fan uh, about this team, Chick. But, obviously, as season predictions and the national pundits kind of weighed in here at the start of camp, I know this team hasn't, uh, hasn't gotten a lot of respect nationally, but I, I think that's usually the case. Well, and uh, I think they like it that way. I think they like flying under the radar. It's when uh, Pete Prisco and a whole bunch of others say they could be Super Bowl bound when they, when they fail. But uh, <laughs> I, I totally agree with you that uh, I know I'm feeling optimistic about this team. You take away the name Cincinnati Bengals and you talk about the different players that they have on this team without mentioning the, the names. And there's some darn good talent on this team. It just has to stay healthy. And, and that's been the case for the better part of the last two years, Chick. You know, I mean, 2015 is further and further in the rear view at this point. And, and I think, um, you know, and, and look, it, you know, the reintroduction of Marvin Lewis at, at the start of January, you know, Mike Brown told me in, in an interview after that, look, we know we're going to take a hit in terms of the fan base, in terms of the sort of in-town popular opinion, even in the national popular opinion. Um, you know, Marvin and Andy are entering their eighth season together chick believe it or not um but you know it starts with the quarterback and i think that's they're they're sort of doubling down or tripling down on andy dalton if you if you say that Uh, but look this team can't be any worse offensively in my view i mean dead last in total offense a year ago uh the offensive line was horrific uh even worse than in 16 and yet you look at the way last year played out for as bad as it looked at times, you know, this team had a three score lead against green Bay on the road against Aaron Rodgers. They had uh, a double, you know, two score lead against Pittsburgh at home. And yeah, there's a lot of woulda, coulda, shouldas around the league chick when you're right around that 500 mark. But for as bad as it was, this team was competitive aside from what the Chicago game and the Minnesota game. So um, I, I, th- I think you're right. Um, 
you know, the emphasis they put on the offensive line and, and that offensive coaching staff. And then don't forget Terrell Austin. You yes. know, I mean, this is the first time, Chick, since Mike Zimmer was hired that this team is basically running a new defense. So, it, you know, there's a lot of change this year, but it's all geared to what you said, the talent on this team. They think, you know, they've got this, whatever you want to call a window, you know, they, they feel they still, they, they still have it, you know, with Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, Geno Atkins, you know, still in there, what they feel they're prime. Uh, Jim Ozarski is with us from the Cincinnati Enquirer. And any, de- any detractors of Andy Dalton might want to look at that film against Baltimore in the needle that he threaded to Tyler Boyd and uh, to break a John Harbaugh's heart and to uplift the Buffalo Bills. So, uh, yeah, you're right. This is how fast a career goes. Eighth season already. It doesn't seem like that long, but that's how quick it is. And really, they are, they are in their prime. And uh, hopefully a breakout, another breakout season here for this dynamic duo of A.J. Green and Andy Dalton. Yeah, we'll have a, an interesting piece uh, coming later in the week on, on Andy and Marvin together and what they're trying to do here at Cincinnati.com and the Cincinnati Enquirer uh, print product over the weekend, Chick. But it's, um, you're right. I mean, at 30 years old, you know, it's a different NFL, at least when it comes to quarterbacking. Uh, coaches... And players believe that quarterbacks hit their prime now uh, just because of the length of time that they can play, you know. And, and, I mean, look, if Andy Dalton chooses to, he can probably play another 10 years in some capacity. So um, it, it, that's just the way the game is. And, you know, Bill Lazor uh, changing the offense entirely from language to scheme. And let's not forget Joe Mixon, uh, Chick. I, honestly, I think – you know, we could talk about Andy Dalton and A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert and John Ross, but at the end of the day, in my opinion, um, that's the offense, Joe Mixon. And what can he do uh, on two or three downs? Giovanni Bernard probably being used with him at times. Um, I, you know, look, if you're a fancy football player, uh, Joe Mixon's the guy you want to take a little early. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think, I think we're going to be surprised uh, to see how much of an emphasis of this offense sort of rolls around him, in my opinion. I, we'll see, but I just have a feeling talking to Bill Lazor through this whole offseason that that's just an important piece of this offense. No doubt about it. Joe Mixon, I'm expecting not just 1,000 yards, but to go way above that with the improved offensive line. We all know that a quarterback's best friend is the ability to turn around and hand the ball to a running back who really can get stronger as the game goes on. This guy is absolutely loaded with talent. He seems to be... Uh, uh, he seems to be a, a good citizen here off the, uh, off the field. And you're, you're right, the improved running game is just going to help this offense immensely, Jim Ozarski. Yeah, I, you, know, if, if, you know, we talk about 2015 being in the rearview chick. What about, you know, the Jeremy Hill breakout? I mean, that was, that's a lifetime ago, yes. you know, in NFL speak. Um, and, you know, that run game was effective to a degree in 15. Obviously, Andy Dalton had, had his career year that year along with Tyler Eifert, but uh, it's been a long time since the Bengals have had a, any semblance of a consistent, effective running game. And look, uh, you spend a second-round pick on Joe Mixon, who, who is clearly a first-round talent. Giovanni Bernard is one of the top ten paid running backs in this league. Um, you know, and, and, and he's paid that for a reason, uh, whether or not he's used every three downs. I mean, it, it, that's his talent level. So you're right, Chick. I, I think um, – you know, play action uh, with Andy Dalton is key. And, and let's be real, 
uh, as this offensive line figures itself out with a brand-new center, a brand-new left tackle, and, and a competition on the entire right side. Uh, while I believe it can't be worse than last year, um, you know, it, it, it still has a lot to prove, and those two guys can, can make people miss. You know, we'll see what the helmet rule does. I, I, can't, I hesitate to say run people over, Chicks. I don't know if they're allowed to do that anymore, oh, I know. but they can yes. at least make people miss and, and create some yardage maybe where there isn't some or, or while that offensive line gets settled. Jim, last year, 7-9, uh, and nine. It felt like four and twelve at times, right. you know it really did. But but to finish seven and nine, and then to see the upgrades, the improvements, and Bill Lazor to survive at seven and nine, and then to have this offense, you know, to himself now over the off season, uh, they have to have high hopes. I, I would imagine that Andy and AJ and Joe are uh, are excited about what what they're seeing. I would think so. Um, you know, look, it, it it's small sample sizes. Um, you know, in Miami, for what it's worth, you know, Lamar Miller's still getting paid off that 1,000-yard season he had with Bill Lazor many years ago. Ryan Tannehill, the reason, in my opinion, one of the reasons Adam Gase and that franchise still thinks Ryan Tannehill can do something for them is they look back at what he did in the year or years plus with Bill Lazor down there and, and the best years he had uh, to kind of flash, if you will, pre-injury. Um, so you're right. I mean, they, they kind of, they, you know, the, the offensive line had to be addressed. Laser's interesting. You know, I, I wrote a profile on him on sort of his coaching background check earlier uh, in the spring, and it's so varied and it's so unique. Um, so it's really hard to peg what we'll see. And obviously it'll be very vanilla up until week one. Uh, but you're right, I, I think with a lot of that talent. But, again, it all starts up front. It, it's, Billy Price has got to be the real deal. Yes. starting here this week. Cordy Glenn has to be healthy. And then again, Chick, that right side, um, it's up for grabs. Yeah. So, you know, you, you need that to work because, you know, all this can – all we can talk about all this. You can have the best systems in the world. Um, and and if, it can't, if it can't be blocked up, you know, it, it's just not going to work. And I, I love the key questions, Jim Ozarski, that, uh, that Paul uh, Daner Jr., you know, had in, in Sunday's paper, the key questions to be resolved in camp. One of them is definitely, you know, the right side of the offensive line. Yeah. You know, uh, Jake Fisher, Cedric he Bobby Hart, Alex Redmond, Christian Westerman, Trey Hopkins. The thing is, fans who go to training camp, yeah, it's a key element of this offseason and the training camp. But, man, fans, uh, I don't know if they're going to be scrutinizing, you know, they want to see <laughs> the ball in the air and, you know, interceptions and touchdowns and all that. It's just kind of funny. Uh, and I think fans – really are in a shock when they come for the first time to see the size, you know, of the, of the linemen. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, how, it's but it's definitely fast, a critical, critical part of this. It, it is. It is. Yeah. And well, you mentioned camp and what the fans can see. Look at, and you mentioned Paul's uh, excellent write up on things to watch or, or, or really important things here, this camp. Um, and let, you know, obviously there's the Tyler Eifert health issue yes. and, and that's been the case his entire career. John Ross is the interesting one to me, chick and, and not for, Sort of the obvious reasons, you know, where, where you got, what, 15 snaps out of your first-round pick a year ago. Um, but he did. He, he looks strong. He looks healthy. He feels healthy. He feels good. Um, and, and I'm curious to see where Bill Lazor puts him, you know. And, and, and that'll be something people watch, especially in Camp Chick, because you've got uh, William Jackson III, who, in my opinion, if he's not going to be an all-pro this year, 
um, he's going to be close, yes. I, I, you know, if he's healthy. So you've got one of the best pure cover corners in the league. Um, and, and obviously, Darquez Denard in a contract. You're playing well, Drake Kirkpatrick. Uh, looking to bounce back. He should come in healthy this year. I remember last year he had sort of a hand thing that slowed him to the start. So uh, you're going to have a lot of that, that, that fun, usual camp stuff, you know, between corners and pass catchers, Chick. But John Ross should be interesting. I think people want to see him um, and what he can do in space and be healthy, to be honest. No, no doubt what he could mean to this offense, uh, something, something very special uh, to draw – double coverage or triple coverage away from A.J. Green. You've got Tyler Boyd. You've got Brandon LaFell. You've got some weapons there. But, man, A.J. uh, uh, John Ross, yeah, the ability to maybe catch that, gosh, that five-yard. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol... Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Either a swing pass over the middle and just, and just right. take off a crossing pattern and take it to the house maybe or uh, big yards. Just could be huge for this offense. Yeah, it won't take long, Chick. I mean, look, he's got to prove it at the NFL level. I mean, defensive coordinators are, you know, they'll say, hey, okay, here's a fast guy. Yeah. You know, don't let him get yeah. behind you. But let's be real, unless you, unless you prove it, you know, they're, they're going to make you earn it. You know, they're just not going to roll coverage away from A.J. Green because number 15 is out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but what that means is it presents him opportunities wherever he is to make the one guy miss. And really, that's all it takes because, now, you know, hey, people get fired every week in this league. I mean, you look at Ken Zampezi after week two when things went, went the other way. You know, defensive coordinators, you might get them once, but, but that, that'll really change things, Chick, if he can even flash in the preseason. Because, look, it, you know, it's easy to forget, um, you know, after the, the, the season went so poorly for John Ross, he missed all of camp essentially. I mean, he, he was cleared just before that third preseason game, played a little, uh, and then got hurt early in that fourth preseason game. So yeah. he didn't, you know, you mentioned fans at camp. They didn't see him at all. Yeah. So yeah. this will be, you know, this is a real important area of, of development, not just for him, but Bill Lazor's offense. And you'd love to see a, you know, a healthy Tyler Eifert. Gosh, uh, right. him being healthy, unbelievable. But, uh, you know, you got Tyler Croft and C.J. Uzama. So, you know, there's a little bit of depth there. And, um and, man, we haven't even touched on the defense here, but you mentioned right. Terrell Austin, you know, the defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm excited about uh, what he brings to the table. And, you know, just all three facets of the defense, front, middle, and back end, man, if they, if they can get that pass rush going, take the strain off the back end. But you're right, the corners, and then, man, a, a possibly exciting young safety here in a draft pick, a Bates. Yeah, I, I... – 
and you're right. And you mentioned that the front four and the pass rush. It's Dimitrik. At least the way this team looks going into camp, um, you know, I guess the, they need to create pressure. Yes. Um, and, and it's not really so much the back end because you, you want to protect those guys. I think it's more because of your middle. I mean, Vontez Perfect is starting the year suspended again. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if recent history proves to be true, he Marvin Lewis will probably not play him in the preseason games. Uh, who knows what his workload will look like in camp as they try to bring along Nick Vigil and Jordan Evans and integrate Preston Brown. I mean, that, that you know, Preston Brown is a proven NFL commodity. I mean, you know what he is, but yet that's, it's still his first year in this, in this defense. And those are really young linebackers, Chick. So I, that's, that's one of those things I think in this defense where if you can truly get that sort of premier pass rush all across the front four, um, you know, and, and obviously good coverage that, that, that can help the linebackers a little bit because they were really picked on at the end of last year yeah, and, and sure. really, you know, caused some problems. So um, I, I'm curious to see that. And honestly, I, I'll throw a name out Chris Baker, you know, kind of an underrated signing, uh, early signing in free agency yeah. um, has flashed some pass rush ability in Washington. Didn't, didn't really have much success in Tampa. I, I'm curious to see how that goes um, next to Geno Atkins as they've yes. been looking for that compliment you know, ever since Domata Peco and the belly dance from three years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, just uh, they're, they're going to be able to u- utilize these young defenders. At, man, you want to get your best pass rushers on the field in nickel and dime situations. I think they can bring it, these young cats, Lawson and Willis. Yeah, that, and, and they're definitely expecting it. I'm curious to see – Carl Lawson's role here, um, yeah. you know, obviously a, a third down edge pass rusher a year ago. Um, Jordan Willis obviously just didn't quite get worked in as much. You um, two years sort of expecting bigger things. Yeah. Uh, curious how that works out. Does Carlos Dunlap flip to the other edge at times? I'm, I'm really curious what, what Terrell Austin sort of cooks up here um, because, A, as you said, you've got some, some – Highly paid players, Pro Bowl players on that front line, but you also spent a lot of high draft capital on that line. Yes. So I, I am curious to see what, uh, what is unveiled here as, as camp starts. When I first started on the beat back in 1997, Jim Ozarski, uh, special teams practices lasted the course of a, of a cigarette smoke. And uh, when, when Marvin Lewis came in, he made it really one-third of the practice sessions. And uh, Darren Simmons, absolutely one of the best special teams coaches. And, man, can they bring some speed? Uh, can they bring more speed and more returnability to this uh, special teams unit? Yeah, that'll be interesting. You know, and this will be hard to judge again in the practices. But, yeah. you know, huge, huge changes on special teams and the rules this year. Uh, you know, the league says it's to make kick return safer. You know, that, that, that element of football is on life support, Chick. Yeah. Um, that said, they set this up in a way to promote, in my opinion, kick returns and more exciting plays. And where does that fit in? Who is doing that for the Bengals this year? Obviously, Alex Erickson has had some success. Is this the role that John Ross is in? You know, um, 
very, very interesting stuff with, with that chicken. Again, hard to tell in camp when you see Darren Simmons and, and his guys have those sticks on their shoulders so they can practice getting down and staying up. Um, but you might see some interesting formations, if you will, I guess if you're a camp observer. Like, what, what does that look like? <laughs> what are they doing? Well, there are new rules this year, uh, and obviously they'll be in full effect in camp and then that first preseason game. Jim Ozarski doing a terrific job with Paul Daner Jr. at the Cincinnati Enquirer. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, enjoy the luncheon tomorrow and the mock turtle soup. I'll be thinking about you, brother. Thank you so much, Chick. Thank you. Jim Ozarski, always there uh, for the Chickster. This is Cincy 360. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, Hal McCoy, Hall of Fame baseball writer, Dayton Daily News, is going to join us to talk Cincinnati Reds baseball. Now, Cincy 360 resumes. Brought to you by Safe Auto. Give us three minutes, save up to 25% on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati's sports station. 1223 in the Queen City, Chick Ludwig. Welcome back to the Monday edition of Cincy 360 on Cincinnati Sports Station ESPN 1530. And I had the honor, pleasure, and privilege of working with our next guest for 30 years at the Dayton Daily News. He went on to an immortal Hall of Fame baseball career. The Chickster went on to abject mediocrity. It's my pleasure to welcome in the one and only Hal McCoy. Hal, how are you, stud? I'm doing great, Chick, and you don't sell yourself short, my friend. All right, brother. Thank you so much. A little self-deprecating humor. But, uh, Hal, uh, this was not the way the Reds wanted to start after the All-Star break, getting swept away in three games by the Pittsburgh Pirates, and now a four-game losing streak with the St. Louis Cardinals coming into town. Gosh, it's Armageddon in the natty. Well, absolutely. Uh, The Pirates came in hot. It's uh, taken five straight games from Milwaukee before the break and knocked them out of first place and carried it right over uh, into this weekend series. uh, just pummeled the Reds, outscored them twenty-seven to five, and out-homered them nine to one. And uh, of course, uh, when you're not hitting and you're not pitching, you look lethargic and you, know, you just look miserable out there. And it's certainly uh, not the way the Reds uh, wanted to start the second half. They had hoped to catch the uh, Pirates and get out of last place. Well, the Pirates have uh, left them in the dust, and now the Reds have to chase the Cardinals to get out of last place. Uh, the team that they play the next. Uh, three games and uh, the the real goal was to uh, hit 500 but that's uh, pretty much disappeared with them 13 games under 500 and only 63 games left so uh, not looking real good right now and that's the and that's what we have been hyping this 10 game homestand and then after a nine game road trip another nine game homestand you know wrapped around that uh, that road trip so this was the Reds opportunity to really try to crawl back to uh, to 500 and that's what makes it so disappointing and you're right, they look flat, but like a Jim Riggleman told Jim Day in the pregame yesterday, when you're not pitching well and you're not hitting the ball at all, uh, it makes you look flat, and, and the Pirates certainly flattened them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, it was uh, not close in any of the three games, and uh, you just uh, you can't uh, show any excitement when you're not on the base path, and uh, uh, you can't dominate the other team when uh, the pitchers are not getting anybody out. So, uh it's only three games. It's uh, the, just the start of the post-All-Star break. There's still time to uh, right the ship and, and do some good, but uh, not a whole lot of time left. 
how McCoy with us and how there was a lot of angst on Twitter and uh, social media about Joey Votto uh, not being in the starting lineup on Friday night. But we all know that these all-star, all-star players don't get an all-star break. It, it's, that four days uh, goes very quick. And when you're playing in the game and trying to escape that city and try to get a little bit of rest, I, I don't have any problem with him uh, being out of that lineup in a game that didn't start till 10.05 on Friday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he fought uh, Riggleman on that. Uh, he wants to play every game, but uh, Riggleman knows that uh, it's a long, long, long season. And uh, during the uh, oh, the All-Star break, when other guys on the team were getting uh, four days of rest, he was uh, going through a lot of hoopla and jumping through a lot of hoops at the All-Star ceremony. So uh, a day off after that uh, doesn't hurt at all. I think uh, uh, Joe Madden of the Cubs gave three or four of his All-Stars a day off the next day, and uh, uh, they still kicked the pants off the Cardinals. So, of course, the Cubs have a lot more depth than the Reds, but uh, you got to give these guys some time off. I know people will say that they're athletes. They should be able to do this. They're paid big money uh, to go out there and perform, but they're human beings, and uh, they get tired just like we do. We're taught as sports writers not to ask the big question first. Wait to to put your hand in the cookie jar. Well, now's that time <laughs> to talk about Matt Harvey. Uh, I mean, just he had been pitching well, Hal, and, and I thought he brought a certain, uh, you know, kind of Hollywood. A, a his presence here, you know, kind of raised this team a little bit. But man, yesterday just absolutely brutal. He did not improve his trade stock yesterday. Yeah, Matt brought uh, a lot of heavy baggage with him from uh, New York as being a uh, sort of a, a playboy and a, and a, uh, uh, a, a guy that likes to play the star role. But he's been very low-key in here in Cincinnati. He won't talk about uh, his uh, future. He won't talk about his past in New York. He just wants to talk about what he's doing right now. But, of course, him uh, being a free agent at the end of the year and the Reds probably won't be able to sign him, it would – Behoove them to trade him by the uh, the uh, non-waiver trade deadline uh, on July 31st. And for about the last four starts, he looked really, good, really, really good. Like he was back to where he was when he was a star pitcher for the Mets. Uh, hadn't given up a home run in six in six uh, starts. And then yet, okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yesterday against the Pirates, he gives up four and three and a third innings. And there were several scouts sitting close to me in the press box. And one of them kind of looked at me and said, you guys can keep him. So, uh, yeah, his uh, his stock went down a little bit with that performance yesterday. He probably will uh, not have another start before, maybe one. I'm not sure. I haven't looked it up. But uh, uh, if he does, he, uh, it would behoove him to uh, do really well so the Reds can get some point. Isn't that amazing that just, you know, one performance like that could cost you millions? Absolutely. I mean, uh, the scouts that said that to me hadn't seen him pitch all year. And, uh, you know, heard good things about him, and he comes in and watches, and the guy uh, uh, throws a bunch of spiders and a bunch of fastballs that get hit out of the park, and the scout wonders, how in the world has this guy been getting guys out? So, uh, yeah, one, one bad start can uh, cost you a fortune. How we know that the Reds need 
a, you know, a quality starting pitcher near the top of the rotation, no doubt. But you're going to be pitching in great American ballpark. Are the Reds going to have to overpay for somebody? Because if I'm a pitcher, I'm almost scared of that place. You hit the nail right on the head. I've said this for years, uh, ever since Great American Ballpark opened and we saw that it was a, a launching pad. Uh, what pitcher in his right mind, uh, if the Reds are not a top contender, which would uh, uh, hold some water, but when you're a bottom seller like the Reds have been and when you're pitching in a ballpark that the ball gets launched out of there, I don't want to come there and pitch. Uh, you know, I'm going to go somewhere, somewhere else where I can uh, be with the contender and pitch in a fair park because, uh, you know, as Matt Harvey found out, mislocate a few pitches and the ball disappears. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, uh, opponents love coming in here. It's, it's that simple, and especially the Pirates. I'm almost beginning – I wrote this on my Facebook page. I'm almost beginning to dislike the Pirates almost as much as the Cardinals. You know, there was uh, uh, Jamison Tyon, uh, the high inside pitch that fractured the thumb of uh, Eugenio Suarez, and then – you know, Max uh, Moroff, I mean, his, yeah, he got stuck in the, uh, on the wet, the wet dirt, but, but the way he comes up and then just slams into Alex Blandino's right knee, that was very unfortunate. It, re- it reminded me way back in the day when Ron Oster played second base for the Reds and Mookie Wilson of the Mets slid into him about the same way, also tore his uh, ACL. And uh, Ron, well, was, still was a, a very good player, was not the same after that. And uh, I think uh, Alex Blandino looked like he could be uh, a pretty good player in the future. And let's just hope that uh, he can back, uh, come back from that. And, uh, yeah, I heard you say on your radio show yesterday that you're beginning to hate the Pirates as much <laughs> as, uh, as you do the Cardinals. But, uh, the Pirates and the Reds have had beanball battles for years uh, they, uh, they lead baseball over the last four years and how many times they have hit each other. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's become a pretty good, uh, pretty good rivalry, but the, the Pirates sure have the upper hand right now. And I'm trying to put myself in Riggleman's shoes, seeing my team get, and my pitchers get hammered. And, man, I, I was almost expecting just some sort of dust-up, rhubarb, whatever, but the Reds can't afford it. They can't afford to have a pitcher suspended, fined, uh, or players, for that matter, getting into a fight. But, man, uh, I sure want to – I almost want to fight the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe not fight, but, uh, you know, take, uh, take some liberties and show them that you're still out there on the ballpark by yes. uh, knocking a couple of people down anyway. But uh, uh, new pitching coach Danny Darwin and Riggleman have emphasized to the Reds pitchers to throw inside more. Yeah. And uh, for a while there, they weren't doing that. But uh, if you miss inside just a little bit, the ball's going to go out of the ballpark. And that's another thing about pitching in Great American Ballpark. You can't make a two-inch mistake or it becomes a 430-foot home run. Absolutely. Hal McCoy's with us for a few more minutes. And Hal, uh, Tuesday night, tomorrow night, we've got Luis Castillo on the mound tonight, uh, Homer Bailey. And you talk about angst among fans. Uh, people are saying they, they threw in the towel when they heard Homer was coming back. Well, I mean, he's healthy. Yeah, I never bought into the fact that he was going to come out of the bullpen. I figured as soon as he was healthy, they would stick him back in there. Now, they're talking about a six-man rotation. That's kind of crazy. But, uh, but Homer coming back tomorrow night, man, what do you think? Yeah, I think we've got to give this guy a chance. I mean, he has undergone three surgeries. Uh, you know, he's been hurt for, uh, for the last three or four years. If he's healthy now, 
and can pitch close to where he was when he threw those two no-hitters, uh, he can be one of the guys at the top of the rotation. Uh, but he has to come back and do it. He pitched well in, uh, in Louisville in his last start. Of course, Louisville is not the majors. Uh, but uh, you knew they were going to put him in the rotation. You don't pay him $21 million to uh, pitch in the minors or pitch out of the bullpen. Uh, so there will be a six-man rotation at least through the next uh, turn and a half until they see what they do with Matt Harvey. If they trade Matt Harvey, uh, Bailey stays in there and they're uh, in a, back in a five-man rotation. If they don't trade Harvey, they've got a little bit of a problem because they can't stay in that six-man uh, so somebody's going to have to come out of that rotation, and I suspect that it'll probably be Sal Romano going to the bullpen because that's the, that was the uh, uh, plan originally, and uh, he's one of the guys in the rotation that could pitch out of the bullpen. So have to, Matt Harvey holds the key to everything, and Homer Bailey holds the key to uh, whether uh, he does well or not. Yes. Uh, how every fan and even some media members want every player to be Scooter Jeanette uh, you know, just we want every guy to love us, uh, to talk to us. And, and Homer, you know, he, he's just he's just different. He doesn't live here in the offseason. Uh, he goes about he does his job. He, he does his uh, media stuff. And then I think he wants to get out of there and uh, be the lone wolf, uh, so to speak. So if he does well, the Reds will do well. You know, right. and, and I think fans just have to understand that not everybody is going to be the prince in gym shoes. He's, uh, he's a Texas cowboy, likes his horses, likes to spend more time with his horses than he does people. But I'll tell you, I got to know him very well. I really disliked the guy when he first came up. I thought he was arrogant. Uh, but as I got to know him, he's not one of my favorite people to talk to. He's really a good guy. If you get to know him and take the time to uh, stop and talk to him, uh, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't uh, take to fools very, very well. You know, he doesn't like bad questions, uh, so you just have to be careful what you ask him. But uh, I, I really like the guy, and I, I hope he does well. Well, and I, uh, I really appreciate you saying that because uh, that that'll really help out. Uh, you know, the listeners. You know, in getting to know him. That's right, and that's what you got to do. You got to take the time to get to know that person. Uh, they don't all fit. You know, uh, into. They just don't all fit into the, uh, the same category. And uh, you got 25 man roster. You got 25 different personalities. Yeah. And uh, being uh, covering the Reds for the last 46 years, that's the number one thing I learned. Everybody's different. You got to get to know them. Get to know uh, what pushes their buttons and what doesn't. And and, and you'll get along fine. How in the All Star game we saw walks, home runs, and, and strikeouts. Is that what baseball has become? That's exactly right. Uh, uh, Adam Dunn went into the uh, Reds Hall of Fame uh, uh, over the weekend, and uh, I told him, uh, man, you were ahead of your time. And he said, what do you mean? I said, because you were home run, strikeout, or a walk. And I said, that's what baseball has become. Now it's the way everybody is. And he just kind of laughed and said, I never thought about that, but you're right. And uh, That is what it is. I mean, you see a guy like uh, Bryce Harper who uh, – it's a lot of home runs, strikes out a lot, and he's hitting about 220. Uh, and he's a superstar. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's what the game has become. And that's uh, – and just how with this season, uh, you know, what's remaining from it, what do you want to see from these Reds uh, the rest of this year and just kind of going forward? Because this could be – shouldn't this be the table setter for a successful season next year? 
Yeah, absolutely. And before they lost these three games to the Pirates uh, going into the All-Star break, uh, I was hoping they would be able to keep Matt Harvey and keep Scooter Jeanette and just see what this team can do the rest of the year and uh, if uh, and then see what who can play and who can't. It's at the end of the year, then they can find out uh, what they need to do in the offseason. Uh, but uh, I would like to see them, uh, still would like to see them pretty much keep this team together and uh, see how it performs and uh, see if uh, they can take off this rebuild title and start giving the fans a, a winner every year. And the, the, the interim manager, his, his job's on the line. It's no just, doubt about it. No doubt simple. about it. And I would love to see the guy get the job. Uh, he has turned things around. He's, he makes players accountable, which wasn't happening under Brian Price. Uh, he talks to them before the game and after the game, points out their mistakes. And uh, he's, uh, he's both old school and new school. Uh, he's very aggressive on the base paths. He takes chances. He uh, alters his batting orders according to who's pitching and who's hot and who's not. I just like everything I've seen about the guy. And He's uh, real good uh, with the media, which is a, a selfish approach, but that's always important to us. But uh, I love Jim Riggleman. Uh I liked him when he was a, a coach. I talked to him a lot. He's got experience. He's managed four other teams. I don't think they can go wrong by uh, uh, giving this guy a two- or three-year contract and turning loose next spring training. Well, fantastic, Hal. Hal McCoy, Hall of Fame baseball writer, Dayton Daily News. Man, uh, check him out. And, and Hal... Direct people to your uh, to your blog to your website. Uh, my website is halmccoy.com. There's something there every day, and I also uh, write a blog for the Dayton Daily News, DaytonDailyNews.com/sports, uh, and you'll uh, find my blogs there. Hal, it's always an honor, pleasure, and privilege. Thank you so much. Chick, uh, we've been friends for a long time. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Any time for you, my friend. Thank you so much. Have a great uh, rest of the year, Hal. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Take care, guys. All right, you bet. Gosh, uh, gosh, that is humbling, Hal McCoy. And we have more on Cincy 360. Uh, you saw the home run derby at the All-Star Game. We're going to talk about another home run competition when we return on Cincy 360 with Chick Ludwig on Cincinnati Sports Station ESPN 1530. Cincy 360 continues on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. 1244 in the Queen City of Cincinnati, Chick Ludwig. Welcome back to Cincy 360 on Cincinnati Sports Station, the home of the Bengals, Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. You watched the home run derby from Washington, D.C. last week. Well, there's another home run performance that's coming to Cincinnati this week, and here to talk to us about it, Jerry Fick, USA Softball of Cincinnati, interim commissioner and umpire-in-chief, and one of my bosses on the diamond. Jerry Fick, good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us, Jerry. How are you today, Chick? Beautiful, man, beautiful. And uh, a big event coming Wednesday night. Here's, uh, like I said on my Facebook page, to all USA softball players, here's your opportunity to show me what you've got. That's absolutely right. Uh, Wednesday night uh, at uh, Northside KSC Ballpark out on Blue Rock Road, uh, um, 7 uh, p.m. is the warm-up, 7.30 is the, uh, the big show with the uh, USA Softball of Cincinnati Home Run Challenge. And uh, 
uh, we're looking forward to a great night of uh, of uh, some real power hitting, just like you saw at uh, at uh, Washington D.C. Uh, about a week ago. And Jerry, the beauty is uh, USA softball players. This is this is free for them to sign up and uh, possibly have the opportunity. And that's what it's all about. Wednesday's winner advancing to the Monster Militia Stadium Power Tour Friday night, July 27th at Cincinnati's Great American Ballpark. Man, that's what's on the line. It should be a lot of fun. Right. That's absolutely correct. And uh, uh, as you said, absolutely free. The winner uh, will hit Friday night uh, down at GABP before the ball game uh, around 6.15. So, Absolutely free and a great opportunity for USA softball players to uh, to uh, get a chance to uh, win win that opportunity to hit at GABP. And another thing I'll mention is that the uh, admission to uh, Northside KC Ballpark is absolutely free. So um, we're expecting a big crowd out just to uh, watch and enjoy uh, enjoy this competition. And uh, can I let the cat out, cat out of the bag here? Wednesday, July 25th, the Chickster turns 64 years young. Oh, wow. You're getting <laughs> younger every year. That's exactly right, Jerry. But it's good. How many competitors do you think might show up on, on Wednesday night? Oh, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. But uh, hitting home runs in softball, uh, especially at this time of year with uh, all the tournaments we've got going on around town and this is this is prime time of the year so i i think we'll have a real good turnout uh, of uh, of competitors but uh, only one only the top dog will get to advance to uh, gabp now we've got a couple days left until uh, till wednesday night and uh, how can usa softball players uh, get involved in this uh, home run challenge it's pretty easy usa softball cincinnati.com usa softball Cincinnati.com. They go to that page and they'll see uh, a uh, button right in the right in the center to uh, click, and they can uh, uh, sign up online. Uh, we do appreciate signups because it helps us to get ready and make sure uh, uh, we've got uh, some idea of how many are coming. But we are going to accept uh, walk-ins, but uh, it would be great if people could sign up um, online, and those people will have. Uh, uh, an opportunity to uh, to um, hit either first or last, uh, depending on what they want to do. Jerry Fick, USA Softball of Cincinnati, interim commissioner and umpire in chief. And there's only there's only like four of you guys in this entire country. Is that correct, Jerry? Uh, no, actually, USA Softball of Cincinnati, uh, USA Softball has seventy uh, local associations. So I'm. Uh, the interim commissioner and uh, uh, of, of this area, and uh, but as umpire and chiefs, we we have uh, a, a smaller number. So I'm kind of wearing two hats right now. Well, that's beautiful. Uh, appreciate your mentorship of one Chick Ludwig. And uh, when I took early retirement from the Dayton Daily News in 2009, I had to reinvent myself. One of the things I wanted to do was become an OHSAA. Uh, you know, an athletic official. What better way than uh, to get involved in uh, fast-pitch softball, slow-pitch softball? But, you know, and we need umpires, referees, officials, Jerry, in virtually every sport. Yes, uh, and, uh, you know, it's 
you're uh, coming into uh, late July, now's the ideal time for somebody that wants to get sport, uh, started in officiating a fall sport, whether it's football, soccer, volleyball. Um, it's the ideal time to get uh, signed up, and they can go to that OHSA website, which is ohsaa.org, and uh, uh, hit the officiating tab, and there's a, a, a link to how to become an official and uh, they can get that information there as well. So uh, like you, Chick, I'm wearing a lot of hats, but they all have to do with sports. And isn't that, isn't that fun for a, a guy that's almost 64 or for a guy that just turned 65? <laughs> it certainly is, man. I, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, my daughter played volleyball, and that's how I got involved with that. But, and, I, and as a kid coming up in high school and college, you know, did some uh, baseball umpiring. And when I decided yeah. to get back into it, uh, a, a lot of advice. Hey, the girls game. You want to be a girls fast pitch softball umpire. And I absolutely love it. Tighter field, faster game. And uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, there's, uh, there's more going on in a, uh, in a small space than there is, uh, say, in baseball. Uh, because, and, the, and the game does move faster. You're right. And Jerry, uh, I must admit, a couple people have contacted me. They've heard Lance McAllister and Chick Ludwig talk about the need for officials. They become them, and they thanked us for the information that we put out over the airwaves. Yeah, well, and we appreciate it, too, because certainly it's good for your listeners that are interested in getting involved. But we have a tremendous need for sports officials now. And, uh, you know, there's uh, just... There's still uh, just a ton of ton of games, and, and things are growing, and it's a, a great opportunity to be involved with kids. And the one other thing, Jerry, I mean, we hear a lot of horror stories about parents fighting, uh, screaming at umpires, the whole nine. I, I don't see that. I mean, I don't find that maybe just once a summer, uh, a, a small minor argument. This is not going to happen if you are in control of a game, and that should not scare uh, folks who want to get involved uh, and do this. Absolutely right, Chick. You know that you sometimes we hear the horror stories that occur uh, wherever, and and unfortunately there are some horror stories. But for instance, uh, OHSAA or USA Softball, those organizations are uh, are both on top of uh, the situation. We try to train our umpires to handle and ward off any difficulties and uh, uh, by doing that and, and supporting our officials, backing them up, it's all very important. Well, once again, Jerry, we invite all USA softball players who want to get involved in the Home Run Challenge to check out usasoftballcincinnati.com. The registration's right there. Right, and, uh, and again, it's Wednesday night, uh, uh, warm-ups at 7, uh, the competition starts at 7.30, and uh, we certainly also uh, welcome and look forward to a big crowd out at the Northside KC uh, Ballpark uh, out on Blue Rock Road. It's, all, it's, it's just, uh, as you know, a half a mile from uh, Coleraine Avenue, so uh, very easy to get to. It should be a great crowd, and then the home run hitters will be bringing their families. It's going to be a fun night, Jerry. Yes, it will. Yes, Beautiful. it will. And uh, the winner advances to the Monster Militia Stadium Power Tour on Friday night, July 27th at Cincinnati's Great American Ballpark. Absolutely. Right, and and ironically, our national co-sponsors, of course, are Monster Athletics, which makes the Monster Bats. And here we are on uh, 
Cincy 360. Uh, the other co-sponsor is uh, the Softball 360 uh, television program. So uh, I don't know. You both got the same name half of it, so that's great. <laughs> Jerry, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us. Look forward to seeing you real soon. Okay, Chick, and thanks for, uh, thanks for having us on, and uh, have, a, uh, have a great week. Beautiful, and uh, thank you so much. And, okay, uh, so long. You bet. Jerry, a, a tremendous mentor, teacher, and uh, gosh, I'm a USA softball umpire, and I invite everybody who plays the game to register for the Home Run Challenge at usasoftballcincinnati.com. Now, uh, you know, the pro football world is mourning the death of offensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings, Tony Sperano, a former head coach of the Minnesota or excuse me, of the uh, Miami Dolphins and the Oakland Raiders. Just an absolute shock. And uh, on Twitter, uh, it was mentioned that him and his wife were getting ready to go to church Sunday morning, and his wife finds Tony Sperano unconscious on the kitchen floor. Uh, just, just so sad. Uh, he's getting ready for another season as the offensive line coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and here he uh, collapses and dies, and it's just uh, very, very sad. And at the same time, uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, really looking forward to having wide receiver Josh Gordon be a critical part of their offense this year. Well, then Gordon, who was reinstated by the league in 2017, he announced this morning on Twitter that he will not report uh, for camp on Wednesday when when the rest of his teammates show up. And he wouldn't get into particulars, but Gordon stated that the current treatment, which will be kept, uh, which will keep him away from the practice field uh, surrounding his well-being, has been coordinated with the league, the NFLPA, and the Browns. And he says he's doing extremely well physically and mentally. And uh, but he just, it, it looks like he needs more time. So the Browns have placed him on the non-football uh, illness list, and, and until he gets cleared and, and shows up uh, for uh, for training camp. So hopefully Josh Gordon can be a part of the uh, Cleveland Browns this year. I've never hated the Browns. I've always looked at them as the Cincinnati Bengals' bigger and older brother. But I feel differently about the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's for sure. But it was great hearing from Jerry Fick, Jim Ozarski, and Hal McCoy. Hal McCoy. Uh, Jim Ozarski, man, uh, the Bengals rookies, they show up today at DePaul Brown Stadium. Tomorrow is the pre-training camp kickoff luncheon featuring mock turtle soup. And then Thursday at 3 o'clock, the team will take the field for the first practice of training camp. Appreciate all the chick magnets out there tuning in Cincinnati's ESPN 1530 for today's edition of Cincy 360. I'll be back tomorrow, and I've got a special treat for all Bengals fans. You remember him as the throwing Samoan, Jack Thompson. He's going to join us at high noon on Tuesday right here on Cincinnati's ESPN 1530. And until tomorrow, this is the Chickster Chick Ludwig saying thanks for listening to Cincinnati Sports Station, Cincinnati's ESPN 1530.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.